the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The FBI raids Donald Trump's home in Mar-a-Lago. This is about weaponizing the justice system. Mayor Eric Adams reacts to illegal immigrants being bused to New York City. It's un-American, he says. Oh, this is horrific when you think about... Uh, what uh, the governor uh, is doing, the governor of Texas. The Inflation Reduction Act ought to be called the IRS Expansion Act. The IRS bulking up. The bill expected to pass Congress will send nearly $80 billion to the agency. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Tuesday, August 9th. I'm Mike Scott. Late Monday night, the FBI executed a search warrant on former President Trump's home in Mar-a-Lago. The president has since released a statement saying in part, quote, these are dark times for our nation as my beautiful home, a Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, Florida, is currently under siege, raided and occupied by a large group of FBI agents. Nothing like this has ever happened to a president of the United States before. The statement goes on to say, quote, they even broke into my safe. What is the difference between this and Watergate where operatives broke into the Democratic National Committee? Here in reverse, Democrats broke into the home of the 45th president of the United States. While it has not been officially confirmed by the DOJ as to why the former president's home has been raided, according to a report in the New York Times, the search appeared to be focused on records that the president brought with him to his Florida home after leaving the White House. The National Archives reportedly asked the Justice Department to investigate last year when authorities recovered 15 boxes of materials from Trump's Florida home that should have been left with government records keepers, and among the retrieved materials were some that were marginally classified. It appears the search is the first of its kind executed against a former president, but it is unclear if it is any prelude to criminal charges. Federal law enforcement, in order to secure the warrant, would have had to show probable cause supporting their suspicion of criminal activity and then get authorization from a federal magistrate judge. Recently, the DOJ has been focusing on whether the former president played a key role in the events that led to January 6th. The department has reportedly convened a federal grand jury to investigate. Attorney General Merrick Garland in recent weeks appeared to be more responsive to criticism that the DOJ's investigation was lagging that of those by House investigators, but has consistently denied the presence of any political motivations within the January 6th investigation. Laura Trump, the former president's daughter-in-law, joined Fox News and says she believes the FBI was after the documents he took with him from the White House. 
He believes it's the documents in question that, uh, you know, everybody's been really upset about from the White House. Look, my father-in-law, as anybody knows who's been around him a lot, loves to save things like newspaper clippings, magazine clippings, uh, photographs, documents that he had every authority will to take from the White House. And, you know, again, he's been cooperating every single step of the way with the people that have, have questioned any of this. And, and I know people have brought it up before, but, you know, look at Hillary Clinton. And the 33,000 emails that she just deletes. Laura Trump goes on to state she believes it's simply a weaponization of the Justice Department. But I think everybody clearly knows, Will, what is going on here. This is about weaponizing the justice system as it has been so many times in the past against somebody who you politically do not like. They detest Donald Trump, not just on the Democrat side, but the general establishment because he's not one of them, because he doesn't play their game. They are terrified he's going to announce any day that he's running for president in 2024. And this is a very convenient way to just throw a little more mud on Donald Trump as though they haven't already done enough. Stephen Miller, the former senior advisor for policy in the Trump administration, says the raid is an abomination. This is an abomination. You have the sitting president of the United States, Joe Biden, through his Justice Department, through his FBI, conducting a raid on the person who is presumed to be his opponent, in the next election, and also the 45th president of the United States. As President Trump pointed out in his statement, it is risable that this would be purportedly done in the name of document preservation from the leaks we've seen when Hillary Clinton used an off-book server. Political analyst and former presidential candidate Gary Bauer says the raid on the former president's home is outrageous. You can't undermine the Constitutional Republic more effectively than getting the public to think that there's one set of laws and one set of punishment for one group of the population and a different set of punishments for another group of the population depending on the ideology of the citizen. Bauer says the FBI raid on the former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate is unprecedented and dangerous. To see the one of the leading federal law enforcement agencies of the United States, the FBI, politicized to this extent is heartbreaking and it's also infuriating. Bauer says the FBI raid could spell trouble for everyone. And it should be a wake-up call to every American whether they like and admire Donald Trump or not. Also, Bauer accuses the Biden administration of election tampering. What the Biden FBI just did is a clear attempt to influence the election by casting a cloud over the most influential, most visible member of the loyal opposition to the Biden administration. News Nation's Leland Vittert says at this point there is no official confirmation as to what the FBI was after. First thing I think you said well off the top, what do we know, which is precious little here. Mm -hmm. And and that may be uh, the first thing to start. Timing of this, uh, Justice Department policy, uh, not to announce major investigations, not to announce indictments within about 90 days of an election. 
uh, we are awfully close, if not right there, when it comes uh, to a midterm. Vittert also believes that there may be some hints that the FBI may have been looking for National Archives documents. We have not independently confirmed that that's what they were after. Uh, Maggie Haberman of the uh, New York Times, one of the best uh, reporters in Trump world, says they were after these 15 uh, boxes that the president took with him of of classified information when he was uh, leaving office. And there's always a discussion between former presidents and the National Archives about what is uh, privileged information, what is subject to executive privilege, what should be released, what can be released, uh, on and on and on. Um, and President Trump says that, uh, effectively, I guess, that he wanted to keep these boxes with him. Vitter goes on to say that silence from the Justice Department on the matter will play into the distrust that many Americans have in the justice system right now. It's completely confounding to me. Uh, Democrats will say, well, this is proof that the DOJ and the FBI are are continuing the rule of law and their adherence to the rule of law. Uh, Restoring trust in institutions, though, uh, can be done without necessarily adhering uh, or violating the rule of law also. And it's it's kind of shocking that they aren't better coordinated, at least the Department of Justice saying something other than no comment. Uh, Mayor Garland will have a press conference tomorrow. Um, this is part of a long-running investigation into do-do-do-do-do, and here is the search warrant. Right. Um, you know, there's, no, there's nothing that requires them to keep this search warrant you, under seal. But you know President Trump is going to be speaking about Yeah, it. well, he already has. Uh, and there's nothing that requires this search warrant to be kept under seal, which I, I think is interesting that at the very least they could release the search warrant that allowed the FBI in there and never violate any of the rule of law sort of tenants. And that would provide everybody a lot more transparency at the very least. The Daybreak Insider Podcast will be closely following this developing story. New York Mayor Eric Adams says it is horrific, in his opinion, seeing migrants being forced to his city after another bus carrying illegal immigrants was sent directly to the Big Apple from Texas by Governor Greg Abbott. But his city, says Adams, which is a right-to-shelter city, will do what they can. Mayor of the city of New York, I don't, you know, weigh into immigration issues, border issues. Uh, I have to provide services for families that are here, and that's what we're going to do. And that's what we, our responsibility uh, as a city, you know, I'm proud that this is a right-to-shelter state, and we're going to continue to do that. The New York City mayor says that while he does not like what Governor Greg Abbott is doing, New York City will uphold their values. Uh, This is horrific when you think about uh, what uh, the governor uh, is doing, the governor of Texas, uh, after a month of traveling across the border, placing on the bus with no direction to come here uh, to New York. And New York is a city that has always represented the democratic values and the values of our city, of showing our compassion. And that's what we're doing today. According to the mayor's office, 54 asylum seekers arrived in New York Friday on board a bus from Texas. For his part, Abbott's office indicated that New York is a designated drop-off location as part of his response to what he believes is President Biden's open-door policies overwhelming Texas. Tom Homan 
The former acting ICE director during the Trump administration says that the Biden administration's open borders policy is actually harmful to immigrants. When you have an open border, which causes 70 percent of the agents off the line, you got those going to turn themselves in the border patrol. But since 70 percent are off the line, many people are coming across that don't want to be caught and they're going in the brush and they're dying when they text the seat. That's what makes me so passionate about this issue. I mean, I was I stood in the back of a tractor trailer with 19 dead migrants at my feet with a five year old little boy. Then we have the uh, tractor trailer incident in San, San Antonio. That's what angers me. Secure border saves lives. Like I said earlier with Maria Bartiromo, when President Trump, when he had illegal immigration at a 40 year low, how many migrants didn't die? because they weren't taking the trip. If you take 83% less cars off the highway, you less you got less highway deaths. If you take 83% less illegal aliens coming across the border, less people die. Holman goes on to state that it is his opinion America is in a national security crisis due to the Biden administration's border policies. This is a huge national security issue you and I have been talking about for over a year. Over 900,000 gotaways, people that don't want to get caught. If they've arrested over 50, how many of the 900,000 came home to do us harm? I don't know, but someday we're going to find out. The huge national security issue. If you're going to try to convince me, anybody, that not one of the 900,000 that came from 161 countries, some that sponsored terrorism, they didn't come here and do us harm, then you're ignorant of the facts. This country is, a, is, a, is at a national security crisis I've never seen before. I've never been more concerned about the safety and security of this country than I am right now under this presidential leadership. More than 5,000 migrants have arrived in Washington, D.C. from Texas on more than 135 buses, according to the governor's office. Police departments across the country are scrambling to recruit in a tight labor market and also rethinking what services they can provide and what role police should play in their communities. Many have shifted veteran officers back to patrol, breaking up specialized teams built over decades in order simply to keep up with 911 calls. Daybreak Insider's Lisa Dwyer has been following this story. In American cities, police departments are losing officers and can't find enough recruits to replace them. Sergeant Travis Garrison with the Gresham, Oregon Police Department says... Routinely respond to shootings, um, but if the person is going to survive, we are not going to follow up on that. Pandemic burnout, budget cuts, and anti-police protests have combined to reduce police ranks and many departments are downsizing. Los Angeles Police Chief Michael Moore says... The number of our specialized units have been either disbanded or significantly downsized uh, as a result of the reduction in our workforce. The trend has affected residents in ways large and small. Some officers say it could take years to resolve the problem. I'm Lisa Dwyer. President Biden visited parts of Kentucky ravaged by recent deadly flooding vowing to help rebuild communities better than they were before. President says that while Kentuckians may not want to ask for help, they'll get it anyway. I don't want any Kentuckian telling me, you don't, you don't have to do this for me. Oh, yeah, we do. You're an American citizen. We never give up. We never stop. We never bow. We never bend. We just go forward. And that's what we're going to do here. And you're going to see, and I promise you, the bad news for you is I'm coming back because I want to see it. Biden says he spoke with one man whose home was swept away. When I started talking about what we could do, 
He said, well, you know, we Kentuckians don't want to ask for too much. Catch this. We don't want to ask for too much. We're used to having neighbors help us out. We don't know that the rest of y'all, everybody else should be doing this. I said, what are you, you're kidding me. Not a, seriously, what are they talking about? Kentucky Governor Andy Beshear says eastern Kentucky is used to flooding, but not like this. Hours of rainfall hammered these mountains, sending walls of debris-clogged water crashing through homes and businesses, sweeping them clear off their foundations, crashing them into bridges. And for some, their home's just gone. We don't even know where it is. Maybe not one scrap that we can locate. Senate Democrats on Sunday passed the so-called Inflation Reduction Act that is purported to address climate, health, and taxes. But the bill is raising major eyebrows by including $80 billion in funding for the IRS. As part of President Biden's domestic agenda, the more aptly named Revised Green New Deal allocates $79.6 billion to the agency over the next 10 years. More than half of that money is simply meant for enforcement, with the IRS aiming to collect more from corporate and high net worth tax dodgers. Meanwhile, the remainder of the funding is meant to go to operations, taxpayer services, and development of a direct free e-file system. Altogether, those improvements are projected to bring in $203.7 billion in revenue through 2031, according to some insider estimates. News Nation's Kelly Meyer explains that some of the agents will help with the backlog of filings. The IRS bulking up. The bill expected to pass Congress will send nearly $80 billion to the agency over the next 10 years. The plan for the extra cash is to hire 87,000 new IRS agents. That could help speed up processing with some taxpayers waiting as long as 10 months for refunds. The number of unprocessed paper returns swelling from 20 million in 2021 to 21.3 million by May 2022. That's a 1.3 million increase. Democratic sponsors of the bill say it's also aimed at wealthy tax cheats, with 46 of the 80 billion earmarked for audits. Advocates say the system now is tilted against lower income earners. Meyer goes on to say that generally the IRS goes after low income families because they're simply easier to audit. Going after low income earners are easy targets for an audit. It's less work for the IRS and gets done faster, while wealthier filers have the resources to fight the agency. A study from Syracuse University finds the poorest families were audited at a rate five times higher than for everyone else, compared to the 2% of millionaires that were audited last year. Olivia Newton-John, singer, actress, and philanthropist, died Monday after a long struggle with breast cancer. When Olivia Newton-John was cast in Grease with the part of Sandy Olson, 
She was only 29. Olivia Newton-John shot to stardom opposite John Travolta in the musical blockbuster Grease. It was 1978. She was 29 years old but played an innocent teen in love with a boy from the other side of the tracks. Newton-John first won over devoted fans as an award-winning singer in the early 70s. Let me be Let Me Be There earned her a Grammy Award for Best Country Female Vocal Performance. And her 1974 chart-topping hit, I Honestly Love You, won the Grammy for Record of the Year. Not only was Newton-John known for her singing and acting, but was also well-known for her tireless work in raising awareness about breast cancer screening. Over the course of her career, Newton-John sold more than a hundred million albums, scored multiple number one hits, including Magic from her box office dud Xanadu, and one that showcased her sexier side. Born in England, Newton-John moved to Australia at the age of five. By the time she was a teenager, she was already performing on Australian TV shows like Bandstand. In addition to her singing, Newton-John was well-known as a tireless advocate for breast cancer research and early detection. She was diagnosed with the disease in 1992, and her successful treatment inspired her to help others. I'm really thrilled that now I can give back in some way and try and help other women who are going through that experience because it's a very difficult thing to go through alone. Fellow Grease actor and longtime friend John Travolta took to Instagram to react to the passing of his co-star. John Travolta has just posted reaction to the death of Olivia Newton-John. This is on his Instagram page. My dearest Olivia, you made all of our lives so much better. Your impact was incredible. I love you so much. We will see you down the road and we will all be together again. Yours from the moment I saw you and forever. You're Danny, you're John. Newton-John is survived by her husband John and her daughter Chloe. Olivia Newton-John was 73. And finally... Are you in search of a new job? Do you wish you could get a few extra winks? Well, a mattress brand is hiring for a position where sleeping on the job is mandatory. The New York-based mattress company Casper is hiring Casper Sleepers to sleep for a living. Mattress company Casper is searching for Casper Sleepers to snooze for a living. Job requirements include sleeping in company stores and in, quote, unexpected settings out in the world. The qualifications exceptional sleeping ability, a desire to sleep as much as possible, and, of course, the ability to sleep through anything. Other perks include getting to wear pajamas to work, some free Casper products, and a flexible part-time schedule. Casper sleepers are expected to sleep in stores and document their dozing through social media. The job application is open until August 11th. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com.
Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at srnnews.com and townhall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.